And if you're not careful, you will mistaken your harvest. You because even when you get your harvest right, you still have to to make sure that roots uh, that those weeds are not in your harvest because your harvest can eventually die off if too many weeds grow. So you have to be able to identify certain weeds, certain weeds that need to be uprooted in your life. And I think that'll be all the time throughout our whole lives. There'll be weeds that will pop up and be like, "Where does this come from?" It's because you're still healing. You're, the journey never ends with healing. I, did, I always say. Forgiveness is a decision, but healing is a constant journey. It's a, it'll be a journey until you leave this earth because we're human and we are affected by things. And so although the harvest is there, you still got to pay attention to those, to those weeds because they start looking like, you know, harvest to you. They start looking like a flower. Hey friends, welcome to the More Than A Mother podcast. I am your host, Lawan Moses, and I am a mom on a mission to help you master your mindset and own your time so you can make space in your busy life for your dreams and goals. Join me each week for tangible tips, tools, and strategies that you can use to show up as your personal best in motherhood, business, and life, as well as inspiring interviews from moms just like you who are sharing their stories of triumph in order to uplift, encourage, and empower you on your journey. At More Than A Mother, we believe you can pursue your dreams and be a great mom at the same time. We are helping you truly step into your own and find the freedom to do more of the things you love and enjoy without feeling guilty or overwhelmed. Get ready to hear some words of wisdom from today's featured guest. Joining me today is Audrey Renee of Dear Single Mommy. Audrey used to be homeless and live in a transitional home when God called her to start ministering to the hearts of mothers. It was there that she found forgiveness and healing through blogging. God then put it on her heart to start a community for single moms to come together and encourage each other. Soon after getting on her feet, God brought her to a place where she was able to leave her job and be an example for moms everywhere and redefine what it means to be a single mom. On the show today, Audrey shared the encounter that changed her life for the good, the evolution of Dear Single Mommy, and how healing and forgiveness are vital to go to your next level. When asked what does it mean to be more than a mother, Audrey said, to me, more than a mother means we are human beings who are women before we became mothers. We have dreams and goals that shouldn't stop because we became a mother. Our purpose still has to be fulfilled and we owe that to our children. Let's dive in to my interview with Audrey Renee. Hey, Audrey, how are you? How are you? Thanks for having me. I am glad that you could be here. Welcome to the More Than a Mother podcast. I can't wait to get into this interview and your inspirational story and journey. However, before we jump into all of that, if you could take a moment and introduce yourself to the audience. Yes, my name is Audrey Renee. I am the founder of Dear Single Mommy, which is a business now. It has turned into multiple businesses. And I'm a speaker. I'm an author. I have, <laughs> I have an amazing community, women who are mothers. And yeah, and, and I love the, I'm more, and I'm more than a mother, clearly. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. You are doing a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot. And I love the whole Dear Single Mommy movement and business and everything that you have going on. 
However, before we start talking about all of the business things and everything you have going on, we know that life is a journey. And a lot of times our journey inspires us to be doing the things that we are doing today. So if you could briefly just walk us through that transformational time, that aha moment in your life that kind of led you to step into the path that you're on right now and kind of pursue those dreams and goals that you had in your visions. Yes. So I was in a past relationship. It didn't work out. It was a failed engagement. And I actually remember wanting an abortion, if I could be honest. And I remember hearing my heartbeat, the heartbeat of my child. And that changed my whole mindset as a, as a woman. I was like, I'm about to be a mother. And I walked through definitely a valley at that time. I lost a lot of things materialistically, financially. And I actually had to face the biggest giant because at the time I was actually out away from home, which was a big thing for me because I, I didn't like home. I didn't like staying here. It was, just, it, you know, you people knew a lot about me when I was here. So it was like, I just, in a way, running away. And one of the biggest giants I had to face that God put on my heart to do was to go back home and to face the giant in, of myself. And I ended up living in a transitional home. But before that, I remember sleeping on a relative's couch, wanting to leave this earth and I'm having thoughts of suicide because I felt inadequate as a mother, not even just as a woman, as a mother. And that night, God birthed a book. It was a book that had been laying dormant for almost eight years before I even had my daughter and it was actually a spoken a poetry book because I used to do spoken word, which is why I am a speaker now, because that's just something that has always been on my heart to do and a gift. And eventually I ended up going into producing this book and actually selling this book. And it's been an amazing journey. So after that, I went to a transitional home where I learned a lot about myself. Most people think of transitional homes as homeless shelters, and, it, and for some it might be that, but for my particular transitional home, we actually had a room. We had a room to ourselves. We had a bathroom. We shared a kitchen, and I got to basically be acquainted with other women who were just like me, who were in my situation, however we had gotten there. And that's where the ministry started. That's where the heart of Dear Single Mommy started. I was writing letters that's why Dear Single Mommy, I was writing letters to women who would read on social media, you know, I'm going through this today. And, but I want to encourage you that we're going to get through this thing. And so that's where it began, you know, with the one like, and I remember getting a DM privately saying your, your words are encouraging me to, to keep going. And that was encouraging to me. So I, I kept doing it. Then from there, living in a transitional home, I felt like we were family, the women, but I also ministered to them. And they too saw a gift inside of me and they, they helped push it out. So I actually started a life group at my church where I was able to bring women together who needed encouragement, just like me. Everything came from the reality of what I needed too. And from there, Dear Single Mommy has been just growing. It went into a blog. It went into selling eBooks to help encourage moms. And even now it's, it has extended itself to making sure that women understand that they are not the identity of entitled, which is the single mother title, which holds statistics, which holds these curses. It holds, it holds a poverty mindset sometimes. It holds so many things. And my goal was to redefine what that looks like as a woman who is on a journey as a mother. 
And so those are, that's a little bit of a synopsis of my story and how Dear Single Mommy came to be. And I'm still journey, I'm still taking that journey, you know, raising a seven-year-old now and going on an adventure with her through her own healing process with not having a father in her life. And, you know, so, so many things, but that's how it all started. That's phenomenal. And you really said so much in there. And we are going to unpack a lot of what you just said in that story, because there is just so much and just listening to you and your journey and things that you went through. I started thinking back to my past and my journey and being at that moment where we go back to where you were in the relationship, you decided to go back home. You were living in transitional housing, but you were sleeping on the couch. You said you remember before that. And you had those thoughts of suicide. Now, I myself have been in that moment on a couch as well. So like it kind of just touched me in that moment because I was a teen mom and I remember having those same feelings of inadequacy and just nothing was coming together. And I too was on my couch. One day I dropped my son off at daycare and I was on my couch thinking about, okay, how can I end it all? Because this just wasn't, it wasn't working. And through you, you said that God birthed that book that night. And then for me, in my moment, I had actually fallen asleep on the couch and in, I had a dream. And in my dream, my son, he was like two or three at the time. And he came to me in that dream and he was like, don't go mommy. I need you. And I woke up and I'm looking around because I knew I had taken him to daycare and I was there by Mm -hmm. myself and I knew he was too young to say it, but it was just, it's just amazing how God will speak to us in our valleys and in our lowest moments to let us know that, okay, we may not know what is happening. We may not understand what is happening, but really it's God saying, okay, this situation is temporary. You have a greater purpose, a greater place to be. So this is not your end. It's just something you have to go through and get through it. And as you said, God birthed the book that night and just be able to sit here and be able to tell that testimony and see how things have transitioned since that night. It's like, you just know it's nothing but God that stepped in at that moment. Yes. I call it a couch. I call it a couch encounter or encounters on the couch. Like, you know, we, there was a moment where the woman at the well met God and she had an encounter with him. And that's one thing that I always tell people who always want to know about my faith and why I choose to believe in God. And, you know, I always tell them, have an encounter with him, ask him for an encounter. Tell him to meet you where you are, because I think when you have an encounter, then you'll want to know more about him, which is in his word. Then you'll want to, you know, do all the things that we do to honor him and and give him glory. I had an encounter on that couch with God and it was, it's an amazing experience. And then when you have it, right, just like the woman at the well, you want to tell everybody about it. So I share my testimony on, on every podcast, on anything that people call me to, because I have something to give to someone and that's important. So he birthed something on that couch that was way bigger than I ever imagined and why I couldn't let go of my life. So yeah, that was good. That is powerful. That encounter on the couch. I like that. Never thought about it that way. And I agree with what you said. There is nothing like that encounter. It's that moment. Because I mean, I think we all can think about things that have happened, but there are those defining moments. And that's the perfect way to describe it as an encounter that happens. And it's like, yes, this is God. I know this is God speaking. I know this is happening. This is now I'm going to go out and tell everyone about it. So yes, I thank you for sharing that. That is just powerful and phenomenal. And I just love everything I heard about that. If you are enjoying this show, 
feeling inspired and motivated, learning something new, or just want to show some love, please do me a favor and help me spread the word. Screenshot this episode and share your favorite takeaways in your Instagram stories. I am truly growing my Instagram and I want you there on the journey with me as we continue to grow and build. Don't forget to tag me at Lawan Moses so that I can share your share. Each time you share this show, it helps me to reach more and more moms just like you. Don't keep this greatness to yourself. Tell a mama you know about the More Than a Mother podcast today. Remember, motherhood is a universal experience and we are all in this together. Now, when you were navigating, because we all have these low moments and you were gone from, you said, homeless, transitional home. You were navigating through all of this, thoughts of suicide. And then you encounter these women in this program with you that have these similar stories to you. And you were able to pull from a place and start to minister to them. And I think I would just, if you could speak for a moment just on how you were able to do that, because I think a lot of people feel they have to be at a certain place in life before they can start to minister to other people. But I would like for us to just have that conversation right now and kind of reframe it to where in the position that you're in, you're able to still be a vessel and still empower others. So just speak to how you were able to pull from your place and pour into others. I had to be real with myself about where I was. So I had to accept my reality. That's the first thing I would tell anybody. I had to accept the reality that I was living in a transitional home. I had to accept the reality that things had fallen apart, that things, that materialistic things, not my mind, but materialistic things were lost in the midst of the shuffle. And I knew that God was rebuilding me and I had to submit to that. And the best way I can describe how you can still be impactful is we were, we actually had a thing that we had to do, which was gardening. And if you ever know about gardening, you have to basically pull weeds and you have to, you know, you know, make sure the soil is good. Like we had an experience with gardening and we actually created fruit. What I learned about gardening was all of us would be outside and I remember pulling up roots. And as I was pulling up roots, God was pulling things up out of me. As I was pulling up roots and I was identifying those things, I was also able to then, when you see a root and you see it looks the same, you're like, I know that space. And as God is pulling it up out of me, I'm then pulling it up out of the next person beside me because we were gardening together. So we all had our hand in the plow. And and when she, when one of my, I call them my sisters because they are, when they needed help, um, I would go over there and be like, I'll help you pull up some of your roots. And it's like, you know, because I had finished doing my uprooting. So I now was going to my sister and helping her uproot. And I think that people think you do have to be perfect, but it's not that. It's just that you have to identify when God is pulling something out of you, you're able to say, yeah, I know that place. God's pulling something out of me right now. And here's what it looks like for me. And I think it was one time that a young lady came to me and she said, how did you get over your ex? And I said, to, I said to her in the midst of me still telling myself, I said, he doesn't want me in that way anymore where we are he it's over and the moment that you accept that and know that you are a good thing and you're worth more then you can finally remove yourself from you can walk through the process of forgiving him for for whatever he's done and you can walk through the process of healing but the main thing is you have to accept the reality that this man does not want you 
that was me uprooting something in myself and then going over here to my sister and saying, yeah, girl, I experienced that. He don't want you. Let's uproot this thing out. That's the best way I can describe how I was able to still minister to my sisters and they still minister to me. It wasn't just the two. It wasn't just the one way street. They would see things in me that they could they could call out because I, I they knew in some reference, I think they knew that God was doing something in my life and they were honoring it as well. And so they did things in me. They still do things to me nowadays. They're like, Audrey, if you need help, you better call me. You better reach out to me. And, and I promise you that we are. And that's how it should be. So there's never a moment where, you know, you cannot minister out of a place that God is literally pulling you up out of. The best moments is when while I'm being pulled up out of, I'm now helping my sister. And I'm like, come on, girl, we're going to get up out of this, this little thing we're in. And that's how it was for me. So we were uprooting things in the garden together so that we could see the fruit of the harvest that was going to be in our lives. And that is so powerful, the whole uprooting and relating that to gardening. Because I think a lot of people, as you said, where you have to accept your reality, a lot of people don't realize that accepting that reality is getting to the root. So yes. a lot of us want to pull up from the surface and get yes. rid of things on the surface. Mm -hmm. But it's when we go down into those roots to where that pain may be, those things that people have done to us, the things we have done to ourselves, that is when that true healing and that true forgiveness takes place. But because that is a place of pain a lot of times, of things we aren't proud of, a lot of us try to be on the surface. But really, in speaking, you really can't get to that next level. You can't progress. You can't move forward. You're going to keep going in circles if you're not digging up those roots. And that is so powerful because when I talk about forgiveness and all of that, I always talk about excavating. And I do a lot because a lot of people walk around with bitterness. And mm -hmm. don't realize that that bitterness is because you're holding on to those roots. Yep. You haven't mm -hmm. forgiven yourself. You haven't forgiven the others. And mm -hmm. it's when you get down and start to pull them up, start to look at the past, confront yourself, deal with yourself and everyone else in the mirror. That is when you can truly have that freedom, get unstuck and really start to move to that next level. Yes, because God does not work on surface. He works on the heart. And which is the surgery part, which is the root. And if you're not careful, you will mistaken your harvest. You because even when you get your harvest right, you still have to to make sure that roots uh, that those weeds are not in your harvest because your harvest can eventually die off if too many weeds grow. So you have to be able to identify certain weeds, certain weeds that need to be uprooted in your life. And I think that'll be all the time throughout our whole lives. There'll be weeds that will pop up and be like, "Where does this come from?" It's because you're still healing. You're, the journey never ends with healing. I always say forgiveness is a decision, but healing is a constant journey. It's a, it'll be a journey until you leave this earth because we're human and we are affected by things. And so although the harvest is there, you still got to pay attention to those, to those weeds because they start looking like, you know, harvest to you. They start looking like a flower. And it was funny because we had to study what roots, we had to study what weeds were in order to know the difference between, so we went and take out something that wasn't supposed to be taken out. But how can you identify it if you don't know what it looks like? You don't know what bitterness looks like, so you can't you can't figure out where where how to uproot it. You don't know what what anger looks like, so you can't figure out how to uproot it. And you are looking at it and thinking that something's beautiful about it, but it's not. It's actually killing the garden. It's killing your heart. It's killing you more than anything. And so that lesson about gardening is just so beautiful and phenomenal to me. And I'm so thankful that that transitional home gave that to me.
Yeah, that is truly beautiful. And I had to write this down as you said it, because this is a quote that I feel I'm going to post whenever I post this episode where you said your harvest can die off if too many weeds grow. And I love that because, as you said, a lot of people think once they get to the harvest that that's just it. You don't got to do no more work. The harvest mm-hmm. is here. It's good. <laughs> I'm good. Everything yep. is great. And it's like, no, it's always going to be something. And you're constantly evolving but I think as you said you learn the skills to deal with it you learn the skills to cope you learn the skills to heal and to forgive but it's a constant experience because life is going to happen no matter how much you grow a business no matter how much you're like okay I'm more than a mother I am defying the odds as a single mother whatever it is life is going to happen to you and I think that's important to point out that even once you get to this space we can speak to life is still going to happen Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of how we're dealing with it. So yes, paying attention to that harvest and the weeds that are coming in, that was just, yeah, that was powerful. Just wow. <laughs> Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space. So you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add more than a mother in the how did you hear about podgo section of the application. So you mentioned how you were doing a lot and talking about how you're not identified by a title. Now, you know, more than a mother, we're all here about titles because we believe we are all more than a mother's. This is just part of who we are. And when you're speaking to the single mom that deals with the statistics and all those connotations that come with being a single mom, I was relating that to the things that I dealt with as being a teen mom and how you're really able to kind of defy the odds and show people, okay, I'm not going to be a statistic. This is not who I am. And when you were going through that time, when you became a single mom and going through all of that, how were you, what were you feeling? How are you managing just that thing of getting to that point of, okay, I'm not going to be a statistic and I'm going to show others that there is life beyond these titles. Like how were you navigating that? That's a good question. So I kept going for more. I knew that there was more in my heart. I knew that I could become an author. And I, and what I would do is I remember when I wrote the book and I had a, I was like, okay, Audrey, you know how to get your book out here. Cause you've done this before. I had, I took my daughter with me to get it done. Cause that, it was no other, I had something that I had to give people. So I took my daughter with me. I didn't make it an excuse. I didn't say, oh, I got my daughter. I can't go out there and do this. I took her with me on the journey of me kind of rediscovering my purpose as a woman that God had always had. And so the navigating is the mindset. It's really the mindset. I had to change my mindset. I had to change and navigate my mindset to say, hey, Audrey, I know that you have a Mara. I know that you have a child, but you can still do this. You're just going to have to navigate it a little differently. It's probably going to look a little different. It's probably going to have a hiccup, but you can still do it. I even wanted to get off of, and you know, and I hope people don't ever take offense to this, but I was on government assistance when I was in a transitional home and I have no problem with saying that. But I also wanted to get off of government assistance 
because I saw the things that were was added to it. And I wanted a job. I wanted a well-paying job. I wanted I wanted to learn about yes. knowledge of money. I wanted to invest. I wanted to do the things that people were having the opportunity to do. And I didn't want to settle to live off of government assistance. So that was one of the things that my mind changed from. Did I need it at the time in my life? Yes, of course. But when I needed it, it gave me what I needed. And then my goal was to get off of it. My goal was to figure out how can I use my talents and my gifts to make money? How can I walk into things? I was working a nine to five job and still doing speaking and making money off of speaking. I was still selling my book and making money off a book because my mindset changed. So I think navigating through is really the question of what are you telling yourself no what are you denying yourself of because you are you are literally wearing a badge of I'm a single mom I can't do that because I have to take care of my daughter I can't do that because that's too much work and I really think it it really identifies with the woman what about the woman is it fear is it you feel like you lack you know, you can't do it. You, you, all of these things really are coming from the woman has nothing to do with the mom. I'm being a mom part. We just use that as an excuse and a cover up for what's really going on with the woman who feels like she failed, who feels like she can do nothing with her life. All those things that you're feeling. And so I had to overcome those feelings. And the only way I did that was I had to act. So I would put businesses together. I was writing eBooks. I was like, I know I'm sitting in my nine to five job, but what God has for me is bigger than this. And so I, I, I was doing things to go against what I thought in my mind that was telling me, you can't do that. You can't do this. So I, it's a, it's a mental battle. It's a mental battle. And the best way I can describe how I navigated to, through it was I challenged myself to do it so that I could know you, you can do this. Like that's how I, that's how it was. And my daughter was watching me and she became a business owner. You know, like we're going against the odds. We're going against the title. We're going against the stipulations and the no and the and I'm going against that. You you can't tell me that I can't do it. And I see too many women doing it. You know, I see too many women doing it. And so I navigated through that with my mental space. I, you know, how, and I, I also had, you have to have certain people around you, close friends with a woman who's single. She's a single woman and she was very confident about herself. And because of that, she brought out something in me as a woman to show me that Audrey, just because you have a child doesn't mean you can't go after what you truly desire. And she was one of the biggest assets to me because she was one of the reasons or one of the people that got put in my life and why I transitioned out of my job. I left my job last year, my nine to five job. I saved $10,000 and I left my job. Wow. God was calling me to something more. And I was, and at that time, God said, you're ready now. You can transition out. So that, that, was, that's, that was really big for me because that was me defeating the odds and redefining what it meant to be a single mother. Because again, single mothers are doing it. They're doing it. And they're not going by, I'm a single mom. You know, they're going by their names and they're telling you their businesses. And oh, yeah, and I am a mother. <laughs> and it's like, that's an extra bonus, <laughs> you know? So, right. yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And I like how you said that there's always more. And I think a lot of people, we have that short-sighted vision to where we don't see the more. And especially when we're down in the circumstance, in the trenches, and the things are happening to us. And how you pointed out that you brought your daughter along to on that journey and also with the government assistance, I can testify to that as well with being when I was a teen mom 
and being on the government assistance and I too as well. I even wrote in my book, Rising Above Statistics from Trauma to Triumph, I wrote in that book a whole chapter about government assistance. And I let people know, okay, you have to use it because you need it, but don't get stuck because you realize in that system that it's designed to keep you there. The people you encounter, all the red tape they put up, you start making too much money, they cut stuff back. It's like this system is designed to keep you in poverty, to keep you in lack, to keep you fearful from moving forward. And it is. And I can just say, like, speaking on this side of it, yes, I can go back and do it. But when you're back in that system, it's a scary place to be because you're saying, okay, I have to provide. And this is the help that I'm getting. I start making too much money. Then they take my help from me. So what am I going to do? And that is the cycle. And that was one of the reasons that motivated me to one, write the book, to start this whole movement and everything to reach back and talk to those moms that are single, teen, young, whatever you are, old, whoever you are, to realize that you have to have that faith and that leap and realize that there's life on the other side. Yes, it's going to be scary. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be a cakewalk, but you can't let people and systems keep you stuck. Yes, that is that was so 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 good. That's exactly what it was. I remember when I got my full time job, not even in two weeks, as soon as I notified them, they cut me off. And it was like, well, how am I supposed to take care of myself before I get my first paycheck? But that's what that like you said, it's just so it that was so good. I don't even want to touch that because you said it so perfectly. Like, that was good. Get the book, y'all, because that was good. I gotta I gotta grab your book. That was good. It, I mean, it, it, and like, and I just love that you brought that up and were able to speak on that because I feel that so many people need to see the examples of those. Because I myself, same similar situation. It's like they want you to keep having kids too. That's another part. But I myself had my second child while I was on the system, mm-hmm. and I encountered this. And I tell this story in my book. I encountered this social worker that kind of was like mad because. She had a bachelor's degree and I had just graduated my bachelor's degree and I was going for my master's degree. And she said to me, and I work for the state at this time. She's like, well, why do you need a master's degree if you work for the state? And then she's like, because I have a bachelor's degree. And I'm like, why are you equating your goals to mine? (laughs) Like, I'm getting a master's degree because that's what I want to do. And from that moment on, when we had that first conversation, she went about her to just make my life difficult. And finally I called her up. I was like, this is a faith walk. I don't know what I'm going to do about daycare, about food, X, Y, and Z. But I called her up and said, you know what? I don't need help anymore. And she was like, what do you mean? I said, I don't need it anymore. Close my case, whatever it may be. Because she was just going about it because she knew I had future goals and she was just doing ridiculous stuff. Mm. And that truly was a faith walk for me in that time. And I can say that to God be the glory, I made it to where I am today. But back in that time, it was like I could have stayed on that government assistant and be held and in bondage and all of that. But I like how both of us can speak here to say that even if you're at a point where you're on government assistance right now and you're looking to see how you can transition, how you can get out of this. It's going to be a leap of faith. It's going to be scary. It's going to be hard, but get yourself a support circle, get connected to the right people, start putting your skills to use because all of us have skills that we can use to make us some extra money and do what you have to do so that you can reach your dreams and goals beyond what you see in front of you right now. Yes, that was good. So, so good. Oh my God. 
so good. It was nice to be so powerful. (laughs) Yes, I mean it truly is. It's great to have these platforms and have these conversations. That's why I like having just the conversational interviews because you never know where it can go, who you may touch, what can be said. So yes, that was just so powerful. Has trauma impacted your life? Do you find yourself stuck, discouraged, and struggling to work through unresolved trauma? Have you completely lost sight of your dreams and are unsure of what steps to take next? Whether you are currently dealing with trauma, working through your trauma, or simply at a point in life where you are ready to set and achieve your personal and professional goals, Rising Above Statistics is the book you need in your life right now. In Rising Above Statistics, From Trauma to Triumph, I share steps that I follow to transform my trauma as a teen mom living in poverty and dealing with depression into growing into a strong, successful businesswoman who lives every day with purpose, intention, and focus. Through stories, tips, and guided exercises, I show you how you can transform your trauma, master your mindset, and unleash your full potential in business and life. In these pages, you'll discover why your mindset matters, how to overcome obstacles, and how to let go of the past. Most importantly, you're gonna find out how you can reclaim power over your life today. This book goes beyond my personal story and inside the pages are filled with tips, tools, and strategies you can use to release the past and live freely in the present. If you are in need of a plan to help you get unstuck and transform your life, then this book is for you. You do not have to be a victim of your trauma. You can work through your trauma and rise above your obstacles in order to achieve success against all odds. Head on over to my website, luanmoses.com, and grab your copy of Rising Above Statistics from Trauma to Triumph today. So now we're going to transition and let's talk more about Dear Single Mommy. So you started with letters, went to a blog, to eBooks. Now it's a whole business and entity, all of that. So tell me more about Dear Single Mommy. So Dear Single Mommy was me. The letters were for me. And as I've grown and transitioned, Dear Single Mommy was the foundation that needed to be built. I needed to grab the attention of the mom. And so that's why Dear Single Mommy came to be because people gravitated to, yes, I'm a single mom. And what I would do is I would grab you in, but then I would make you focus on the woman. So now that I've got your attention, now let's talk about the woman here. Let's 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 navigate and take this journey through the woman. It's so funny you mentioned this because I'm transitioning out of just Dear Single Mommy and into Audrey Renee, which is me. And the journey that I'm on in finding my purpose and birthing things, like just birthing a book. Like I have, you know, I, I'm my desire is to birth a book about the encounter on the couch because I feel like it's such an important thing to for people to have in their hand and read about how you can have an encounter with God and how it can lead you to so many things in your life. And and I and so I'm transitioning into this speaker. I'm transitioning into this this woman who is like, yeah, I am a single mother. I am a, I'm a woman who has been on the single mother journey, but I am just learning so much about myself and going back to the things that I desire, things that I have been I'm aiming to do. And it's a beautiful journey. So it has turned into a business. It's turned into an apparel line, which is curses broken because it goes along with the fact that. We have to know that we are, everything we do is walking in a curse broken mentality. 
There's a scripture, it's Galatians 3.13, and it's about Paul basically reminding people like, did y'all not know what God did on the cross? He absorbed the curse. So we're not breaking curses. He already did that. We only need to walk it out. And that's with your mentality. And that's with you taking ownership of what God has given you. And so I've been taking that and I've been saying, God has given me this gift. I have to use it. I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak and I'm going to continue to speak. And and because he's given me the voice to do so, he, he told me that he took words in my mouth. And so um, even living, like you said, I've been off my job, but it has been a faith walk more than anything. It's been a faith. I've been living off of what God has sustained me with, like literally, like that daily manna. Like I've been living off of that. And it's a beautiful feeling because I know that I'm in the will of, of God because he's been supplying all of my needs according to his riches and his glory, not mine, <laughs> but I have access to that. So this journey has been phenomenal because even now I wrote a recent post on Instagram and I said, hey, ladies, if I change over to RG Renee on Instagram, are y'all still going to follow me? And they're like, yeah, we'll still follow you because now they went past the name and they now know they, they're getting to know me. They're walking with me on this journey of healing. They're walking me with, on me with this journey of restoration. They're walking on this journey with me with leaving my job. They've just been walking with me. And so they don't, they're like, we don't care about the name. You are the person that we follow. You are the person that gives us what we need throughout our day. And it's mind blowing to me because that's when you know you've made an impact. And that's why I always tell people who want to start your business or whatever, are you making an impact first before you start going into what you're trying to give them? So my goal has always been, I want to impact the hearts of women who are moms. I want to impact them. So God has led me to write more eBooks. He's led me to start um, something called your startup coach, because I want women to start to, I want women to stop leaning on one income. We've basically seen the pandemic show us how bad that can be, where your job can just let you go, where, where anything can happen. And I've encountered my closest friends losing jobs because of that and having to figure it out. And to me, I think we have got to get more streams of income in our home. We have gifts. And I think the battle is the having the time, right, which we all battle with, but using our time wisely really helps us out with that. And then um, using our gifts that are natural, that really don't require a lot of work because they're natural to you. And making another stream of income to bring into your household, whether that turns into something bigger, it doesn't matter, but it's the fact that you have something. And so your startup coach is me saying, let's get started with this idea that you have that's been sitting dormant for a while, that you don't trust yourself that you can do. So it came to that. And not just single moms are reaching out to me, but women in general are reaching out to me. And I know that the impact is bigger because God is leading me to women. Whether you're a single mother, whether you are married, he's leading me to women who are inspired by just seeing another woman go after what God has told her to go after that she has for her. And so I've always seen myself on a stage <laughs> full of women speaking life to them into those dead things in their life. And so that's the goal. That That's where that's what God has given me. I don't know exactly how it's going to go or turn out, but that's where we're at right now. And Dear Single Mommy is the foundation of it. So it will always be Dear Single Mommy LLC, but people are going to begin to see things underneath the umbrella of Dear Single Mommy now as it grows. Because it was my baby and I didn't, it was like, God, I don't want to change. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to, but the God's like, it's time. Like my baby, I don't want to let go of my baby, but the baby's grown, yes. right? My daughter says, mommy, I'm not a baby anymore. That's how I feel about what yes. God's 
It's like, it's not a baby anymore. It's time to let it grow. And so that's where we're going. Exactly. And how you said God is going to grow you and you don't know where God is going to take you. But I think your whole your life journey and life story just speaks to that faith walk that you have been on and every step that you take, how deep your faith goes and just walking into the next and just seeing how it has blossomed. So now it's this umbrella with things that are going to be under it. And that just speaks to just the power of God, the power of yeah. obedience, the power of being in touch with God so that you can hear his voice. Yes. have those encounters and then really just follow him. Cause I feel a lot of us get caught up on just trying to do it ourselves and we're yep. getting in the way of God <laughs> and we're getting in the way of God. And mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, get out the way. God doesn't need our help. And I think that's what we need to learn. God, he got it. He yep. just needs got us it. to do as he says and to walk with him. So I feel that that is great. And I'm excited to see where Audrey Renee is going to go. That is just fabulous. So what would you say has been the most rewarding part of your life journey so far, aside from motherhood? Most rewarding part of my journey. I remember a time when I couldn't take my daughter out for spring break because I was working and you know how that world goes. Cause if I take off now, then I'm gonna be taking off for Christmas and I gotta figure this thing out. So this year I was able to take my daughter out to places. That was huge for me. It was the most amazing feeling ever to plan a week of things for me and my daughter. To meet, I think we had met other moms in the Richmond area and, and connecting with them. And she had a blast hanging out with some other young ladies. And it was a beautiful feeling. It was the most powerful feeling ever. One time it snowed, we were able to go outside in the snow. Those were very powerful moments for me because I, rem I know a time when I couldn't do it because I was always trying to figure out, should I do it? Should I take off? And how are we going to do it? I don't have the money. And it was funny because I was working a job at that time. And now I'm, I'm not working a job and yet I had these experiences that didn't really, didn't take a lot of money, but it was the experience of being able to do that with my daughter that meant the world to me as a woman, because I never got to see that when I was younger. So I was experiencing it with her and just seeing her smile and happy. I remember one time we were at the beach on one of her days and she got splashed by water. And you know, as moms, we were like, you, I'm making a big deal about it. Cause it's like, it's cold out here. You're gonna, you're wet now. That wasn't the plan. But she was laughing and she enjoyed herself. It was the best week ever. And I was the best mom ever, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so much bigger than myself. I'm impacting my daughter's life in a way that speaks volumes to her healing journey as, as she grows and gets older and speaks volumes to the mindset of, of not to knowing that I'm a single mother, but I, she sees me as a woman now who, cause she always asks me like, mommy is being, she was like, mommy is being a mother hard. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I was like, is being a daughter hard? She's like, sometimes. You know? It's a beautiful feeling to have those moments with her. I would not trade them for the world because I know a lot of mothers who probably wish that they could have those moments who are sitting somewhere at a job. And I don't take that for granted. And that would, that has been, that has been that, that to think that I was going to have an abortion to, to see my daughter sleep on a couch and then to have a week of us experiencing life together 
I could almost cry. <laughs> that has been the best experience to me. Going outside in the snow, not worrying about running her to school and trying to get to work. I wouldn't trade that for the world. That was just, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Being able to, and I hear when I hear you say that, just having that freedom and being able to jo- enjoy the moments and make those priceless me- memories. Yeah. And as you said, just your transition, your journey, as you reflect over it to be at this point today, that truly is rewarding. That truly is a great feeling. And I just love, I love it. It just makes me feel so good inside. Just the fact that it's the, and as you said, it's the little things. And that was about memories and moments. And those things matter in the grand scheme of life. Yeah, they do. Well, thank you, Audrey, for joining me today. This was truly amazing. And as I say, you never know where these conversations are going to go. I am so glad that you could be here with me today. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. If you could just tell the audience where we can find you online so that everyone can follow you and keep up with you. If you have any offers or anything that you have, feel free to share it at this time. So you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook as Dear Single Mommy. We'll be going through a bit of a change, but we'll let everybody know as we rebrand. So right now, Dear Single Mommy is still live. DearSingleMommy.com backslash my links leads you to everything from Curses Broken Apparel to your startup coach, to ebook. So that link again, dearsinglemommy.com, www.dearsinglemommy.com backslash my links with an S at the end. And then you can, thirty. we have $30 sweatshirts that went down. We're trying to get them gone as we get new um, product in for the summertime. And again, I have eBooks that are like less than $12 for people to grab a hold to, to learning how to build a community as a single mother, to learning how to have goals as a mother. You know, all of these things I have that I've written when I was at my job, they are still available for people to purchase. And your startup coach, we teach about blogging one-on-one, how to build a community and content, just all of these things, podcasts, and how to just get started with it so you can get going and move past the fear. And so I have all of that for you. And then you can just follow me on my website because all the blogs, all the stories that people had over time, I kept those because they're like my journal and people get to still read it and still be encouraged by it no matter where you are. And so, yeah, that's it. Wonderful, wonderful. I'll be sure to link to all of that in the show notes so that everyone can easily find you. Thank you again for joining me. I had a wonderful time. Me too. This is nice. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave a review, and most importantly, share this episode with all of your mom friends. Let's continue to grow our mom community and support each other. Remember, together, we've got this.